The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. Looking at the markets today, obviously a down day in the markets, but specifically, Arlen, when you look at this corn, it had some serious struggles to be able to finish to the numbers it did today. It did. I was, I was really impressed with it. We had some good numbers, some good chart action on Tuesday with the corn and the soy mill markets. And I thought maybe we were turning things around technically. And, and why is that important? That's because every trader in, in the pit, so to speak, uh, watches those charts. And they can become self-fulfilling. The soy mill chart broke down again today, but corn held in there. And I thought that was very encouraging. We're still not at $4 corn by any means. Um, but it does show that there's some resistance to pushing these prices lower. The traders are starting to focus on some of those long-term fundamentals. And uh, after the crop report on Friday, of course, a lot of people will be moaning the big crop estimate. And and that came in pretty much right at where we were at with our client survey. Uh, but I thought the big takeaway message was we've got a record crop out there. And yet domestic and global stocks are still falling. And global stocks, in fact, are falling by more than 20% from the previous year. So a big crop in the United States was unable to stop the momentum of downward falling stocks. That's just how strong demand is. The market's eventually going to have to make sure it expands corn acreage in the world. And... Um, I think a few traders are starting to figure that out, but they had to go against some strong headwinds today. It looks like we saw a bit of a drop, if I'm understanding it right, in the weekly ethanol report. We did, but it's still strong. It's just below record levels of production. Uh, ethanol margins are falling and getting tight, um, but uh, we're, the cheaper corn actually helps, but the ethanol prices have been under some pressure, and that's hurt the margins. Um, believe it or not, the, the strength of soy meal demand has helped hold some of the DDG prices up and kind of keep the production going. But but uh, we've seen some uh, we've seen some good ethanol production this year, and I think uh, overall USDA probably needs to raise their ethanol target by another 15 million bushels. That's not a lot when you look at the size of the carryover we have, but every little bit contributes, particularly when that carryover is slowly shrinking, and it does does bode well for next year's demand as well. We're seeing very strong feed demand, very strong ethanol demand, and, uh, and of course, very strong exports as well for corn. Argentine corn has finally become um, competitive with U.S. corn on the world market. For many months, we were the cheapest corn in the world. Argentina does have a smaller crop this year, so even though they're competitive, they won't have as much to export as normal. Um, but uh, we'll probably see U.S. corn shipments start to taper off a little bit from their high levels they've been this summer because of the availability now of Argentine corn. But I did see some purchases that happened um, today, both going to an unknown, both for old and new crop. 
Yeah, and so the question is, who is that unknown? Mm -hmm. And with corn, it's really hard to tell. It might be Japan. It might be South Korea. It might be Mexico. It'll get declared who it is before it is shipped or as it's inspected for shipment, if not before. But for now, we don't know. And for whatever reason, the buyer wants to stay anonymous. Uh, Ordinarily, I would say it might even be China. Um, but with the trade war going on, um, I, I don't think so. It still could be, but probably not because uh, buyers in China have been pretty well warned about doing business with the United States, and they're a little fearful of doing so. I guess that might be one reason they might hide their identity, but I think it's a little bit premature. I do expect to see us do business uh, shipping corn to China once again down the road, but it's probably a little pre- premature to be doing that now. Just like in the corn and the soybeans, we've heard those rumors about China and the need to make some purchases because they can't get what they're needing globally. And we have been seeing uh, periodically a cargo of soybeans get loaded in the Pacific Northwest and make its way to China. And the, and they've been paying the, the 25% retaliatory tariff to do it. Not that much more than if they just buy from Brazil because Brazil prices are so expensive. If you look at the uh, buying soybeans now to go to um, to anywhere really, comparing FOB prices at the Brazil port versus FOB prices at the U.S. Gulf um, for August delivery, it'd be about a buck seventy more for Brazilian beans. If you stretch it out all the way to November, you're looking at about two dollars more per bushel to buy Brazilian beans versus U.S. beans. Uh, so they're a lot more expensive than what U.S. beans are, and that's sending the rest of the world here and and occasionally a cargo from China. But overall, the buyers in China have been telling us that uh, they're pretty scared to do business with us now because government officials are are really pushing hard for them not to do so but we have found that some of those buyers uh have found that they they want to protect their relationship they have with u.s suppliers and so they're taking the risk and uh periodically buying a cargo well we're you know august is is bean month and the wet weather that we've been seeing except for the northwest part of the belt is that being looked at all by the traders some cooler temperatures as well being factored in it is, and uh, of course, USDA came in with 51.6 bushels, just a tad over our estimate, which was the highest in the industry of 51.5. Our estimate was the results of our client survey, and uh, so we felt pretty good about that. It is a big crop. It's not a record crop, uh, but it's close to it. So where will it go from here? As you said, August is the month that really makes or breaks the crop. Probably seeing the crop shrink in the northwestern uh, areas of the Midwest, particularly in the Dakotas, um, but it may be going up elsewhere. There are some problem areas here and there, but, you know, every year about 20% is a problem. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll take a look at a little bit more of the grain action. Head over to the livestock trade as well. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we take a look at what's happening on on the market trade, of course, we're talking to Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. NAFTA, you kind of briefly touched on it, Arlen. Could we see, is it that close that we might see something happen from the Mexican side with the U.S. to hopefully push Canada to follow along? 
Yeah, from the Mexican side, things are still pretty stiff with Canada right now, but uh, Mexico has been uh, sent its delegation up to Washington now for the last four weeks in a row, really working hard to get a decision or an agreement there. Um, they left the last, the hardest of the issues to the last, and that is President Trump's insistence that there be a, a sunset clause in it after five years, and Mexico really doesn't want that. I'm not sure what the issues are behind that, um, but that's a real sticking point. But uh, both sides say that they're very close to an agreement that we could have one announced at any time, and then maybe that'll put a little bit more pressure on Canada. Mexico would really like to see Canada involved in the process now, but they're still pushing forward with talking to the United States. During your midday commentary that came out, you were talking about some deteriorating conditions with Turkey. How is that going to affect the way we see markets here in the U.S.? Oh, we certainly saw that be a big factor today in contributing to the massive sell-off we saw in both the equities and in the commodities. Uh, the big concern is there is Turkey has quite a bit of debt and uh, that they need to make payments on that debt, and but they need to make payments in dollars. But their currency, the lira, has so collapsed in value that they can't afford to buy the dollars they need to make those debt payments at risk of some of the banks many of those banks outside of turkey and other areas of europe and uh, so those banks are at risk right now with this whole problem and that's pulling down the euro that's uh, weighing on the eurozone as a whole and as your as europe starts to struggle uh, then that means they buy less from china Europe's the number one buyer of goods from China. And, of course, we know as China struggles, it buys less from us. But then again, China's not buying much from us anyway right now, I guess, are they? No, nope, they're not. As we, uh, I wanted to look at the wheat market real quick. Uh, we've uh, seen already talk of the focus switching to the winter wheat planting before, and we know what that's going to be here. What are you seeing in this wheat market that producers should keep an eye out for? Well, we've had some great rains across the southern plains of late uh, the last couple of days. They did miss some western areas, but a lot of areas got some good rains. And that bodes well for winter wheat planting here as we go into next month. General expectations are that we'll probably be up 5 to 10% overall. Some areas may be up 15 or 20% in acreage. So we are looking for an increase. Uh, otherwise, in the wheat market, of course, USDA had the big drop in European wheat production in the latest report. They had already cut Black Sea production in previous reports. We may see some additional small incremental reductions in both areas, but the market pretty well saying the reductions in world production are pretty well baked in the price now. I think Australia is still a little bit too high. USDA has them at 22 million metric tons, and they're probably going to end up at 18 or 19 million metric tons, but it's still early. But Argentina may offset some of that with a bigger crop. They've had an expansion of acreage and some pretty good crop conditions right now. Uh, so then it comes down to when are we going to see an increase in U.S. exports. That's generally expected to be somewhere around the turn of the calendar year uh, when uh, when the Black Sea region of Russia and Ukraine is expected to start tightening up supplies of mill and quality wheat to export, and Europe will have tighter supplies. Um, we have to watch, though. USDA was fairly aggressive in its export target on that expectation, but if Argentina does come in with a bigger than expected crop, that could chew into some of those anticipated export business that w that we're hoping to get. So we'll have to watch that. 
jump over to what we're seeing on the livestock side. Are we going to continue to see a tighter trading range for the live cattle? Oh boy, it really has been tightening up, and uh, we are expecting to see with the expanding uh, um, packer margins, we are expecting to see more active slaughter, maybe in 645 to 650,000 ahead this week. That'll certainly be positive for keeping us uh, current. We've seen some abnormally strong increases in uh, product, particularly in the choice product prices in recent days. And that's been very encouraging, although seasonally we do start turning lower again, so we'll have to watch that. Um, But right now the expectations are that the north is going to kind of weigh on us with more head there than what we have down in the southern plains, and that's kind of weighing on the cash market. What are your thoughts on the hogs? Many hoping that we hit a low this week. Uh, we've had a bounce in the board and allowed us to close the gap with the cash market. Um, but overall, we're still seeing that cash market go lower. And uh, if, if that continues, if we can't get that slowed down, that will weigh on the board once again. So be a little more uh, wary there of saying that the bottom is in. All right. Best way for folks to reach you, Arlen? INTLFCStone.com. Thanks so much, Arlen Suderman, joining us today. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.